Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Attractive and charming, the Enneagram Type 3, or the performer, is here to show you how it's done and look good doing it. The Achiever personality type is self-assured, ambitious, and energetic, but can become workaholics and overly competitive. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into the Enneagram Type 3. We'll look at what motivates them, how they respond to various situations, and how to interact with a three, whether you are a co-worker, friends, or romantic. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, uh, I've been fighting the wonderful winter weather that we've had. Um, gotta say, I'm about tired of snow. Uh, about <laughs> tired of almost falling down the stairs three times a day when I take the dog out. That's it's a little bit annoying. Um, that said, it's not you know it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, the kids are able to sled on the ice if they want to. Uh, and it is more ice than snow. It doesn't really, we're not leaving a lot of footprints. Let's put it that way. So yeah, it's a little bit irritating, but you know, fine, whatever. I guess other than that, I've been dealing with date and time issues at work again, because stuff is getting transferred to UTC and that's causing dates to get shifted. Yeah. We think we're only passing the date from the front end. It's actually sticking the time on there. And if it's after seven, it's like, oh, it's actually tomorrow in UTC. Mm -hmm. That's not a real happy place to be. Um, I think we're going to probably do some hacking, get around that here in the next month or two, but it's going to be substantial. Can you guys not pass in the time zone information from the front end? We can. The problem is, is it's in a complicated form and there's logic on the front end Uh, that's having to happen too. And so it's really hard to trace and we can only replicate this problem after 7 p.m. at night. (laughs) So I've been getting on the work computer at night and testing this most nights. You know, I just sip a beer and I test and I see if it's still busted. Yeah. Or if the stuff we did today, you know, and usually it busts it in a different way. Of course. Um, course. Super frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Since we've talked enough about my trauma. (laughs) Snowmageddon 2021. So Sunday is when all of this mess started. Actually, probably Saturday night, Sunday morning at some point. But I got up Sunday morning, scraped the ice off my car, and gently drove to church. I'm typically the second person there after the sound guy. Uh, We listen to EDM with only the string lights on in the auditorium, kind of like a club. It's fun. It's our thing. Uh, (laughs) But uh, anyway, on the way there, you know, I had scraped the ice off the windshield. I had the the defog going. I'm like, hey, you know, I want to warm myself up. So I switch it over to the heater. And a few seconds later, the windshield starts icing over again. So I fought that the whole drive to church. I was like, ah, it's all right. Once it warms up a little bit, that'll be fine. No. Get to church. The parking lot was a sheet of ice. Literally. I skated to the door from my car. 
Um, and I park kind of far away because, you know, I get there so early and I'm there for both services. So I just, you know, saw uh, the worship team coming in, some of them falling a few times. One of my friends, I saw her getting out of her car. She was the first one there after me. I was walking in or sliding in, I should say. And uh, I saw her opening the car door and I was like, all right, once she steps out, I'll let her know that to be careful because it's icy. She hadn't even gotten out of her car. She was starting to stand up and bam, right on the ground. <laughs> Thankfully, I heard her laugh, so I knew she was okay. But, you know, we ended up encouraging people to stay home and just streaming the service. I don't remember if I told you guys about this or not, uh, but a few weeks ago, I was having some trouble sleeping. So I started taking uh, melatonin and L-theanine, which is sort of a mood relaxer to help me fall asleep at night. Then I added some B12, mainly because it was on sale at Kroger, to my morning routine. I used to do uh, take B12 every morning, and then I stopped when I started drinking a lot of energy drinks when I was in med school because, you know, there's B12 in the energy drinks. And then I stopped drinking the energy drinks because I was no longer in med school, and they're extremely unhealthy for you, if you didn't know that. And so I just never picked up the B12. Anyway, it's making a difference. I'm now into week two with the melatonin. Uh, the recommendation is only do it for, for two weeks, so I'm going to be stopping soon. It's basically to get your sleep cycle in a rhythm. Uh, but I'm getting to bed around 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night and getting up around six-ish. Um, actually able to get some stuff done before work in the morning. Like this morning, I got up and wrote five points on this outline. Like I finished the outline. I was expecting to do that over lunch. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was actually a surprise um, because I got your message that you finished it. And I was like, okay, he finished it at one o'clock in the morning as usual. <laughs> and uh, yeah, not so much. I guess I, I didn't see the time because I made an assumption. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was interesting. So in good news, there is a chance that I will get a small cost of living increase. If it gets approved, uh, it'll be retroactive to January. So that will be nice since my actual take home from work went down at the beginning of the year. Um, that was for two reasons. The cost of insurance went up a little bit, but also I have my retirement fund set up so that it increases with the my expected cost of living increase each year. Basically, I'm making enough money to be comfortable. So I just throw that extra into my retirement fund. I get a little bit more, but still, it's just like, I want to be comfortable when I retire. I want to be able to retire eventually one day. So without like when we didn't get the cost of living increase that brought that down and then I had a few other bills go up. So it's just been not a struggle because I was already pretty comfortable, but it's just been um, an annoyance more than anything else. Saving money is hard, especially when your take-home pay goes down, but your bills go up. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at the podcast, his focus is on helping you not only establish a real plan, but taking action on that plan to live your best life. Yeah, a lot of people convince themselves that they're too young, they don't have enough investments, it's too difficult, they don't know enough, or that it's too expensive to use a financial planner. But that's really not the case here. 
And what's really nice is that Lucas isn't trying to sell you a product. He is a fiduciary for his clients, which basically means that his role is to put you into a better financial situation. And he's got a lot of resources and stuff that you can learn uh, for free at levelupfinancialplanning.com. The Enneagram of Personality, or sometimes just known as the Enneagram with a capital E, is a representation of personalities that uses a geometric figure. That figure is also called an Enneagram. I know, confusing, but it's usually with a lowercase e. And it is used to express nine interconnected personality types. Now, while each of these types is unique, they are related to one another through the circle connecting the type to each of its wings. And then within the circle are lines or arrows that connect the type to the type that it goes to when it's under stress or growth. The Enneagram is also used a lot in business management training to help better understand interpersonal dynamics within the workplace. Types two, three, and four constitute the heart triad. And what this means is that these people are primarily motivated by their feelings. Those in the heart triad typically do not believe that they're worthy of love, so they take on personas to attain it. Because of this, they're more image conscious than the other triads. Within the triad, threes are the most image conscious, though they struggle the most with understanding feelings. They prefer to ignore feelings, sometimes to the point that they don't even acknowledge that those feelings exist within themselves and others. Threes make up part of the central triangle of the Enneagram's geometric figure. The 369 connection is strong, and you will notice how I did not go into song on that. You're welcome. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. As it creates a closed loop from the other types. These three types, 369, can blend together and sometimes be difficult to classify. As we explore all the types, you'll start to see how they connect. Uh, right now, we're going over the first of this central triangle, so it might not make as much sense what we're saying here. But as we get into the sixes and the nines later on, you'll see how they relate to the threes. At their best, threes are authentic, self-accepting, and everything that they appear to be to the world. They are modest, gentle, and benevolent. When healthy, their heart comes out, and they are secure enough in themselves to even enjoy self-deprecating humor. They will be able to see their own value and competency. Belief in themselves drives them to be their best with ambitious self-improvement. They're highly motivated and able to motivate others. Yeah, but at their worst... Threes are vindictive and deceptive. Their fear of failure and humiliation drives an obsessive desire to destroy anything that showcases or even admits their own faults. Jealous of others' success, they become willing to do anything to maintain their illusion of superiority. Unhealthy threes can be opportunistic, even attempting to ruin others' success in order to make themselves look good. The second episode where we cover the heart triad is this one. Uh, last month, we looked at twos who feel emotions too strongly. And this month, we're going to look at success-driven threes who see emotions as a bit of a hindrance. 
Just like the previous episode, we will take a balanced approach diving into both the positive and negative traits of the Achiever. We'll start with a discussion of the main characteristics of the three and then look at the related types through wings and arrows. Finally, we'll close out the discussion with interactions with threes at work, in friendships, and in relationships. Yeah. Before we get started, I do want to say I am a two-wing three. So because of that three-wing, I have some of the characteristics of a three. Not a whole lot of them, but there are a few. And I'll be sharing some stories about the ones that I do have. Will will be sharing some stories about the negative ones that I have that I'm not willing to admit to myself or others. Will casually cracks knuckles in preparation for this going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, the Enneagram type three is the achiever or the performer. And as you've already heard, we're going to use those three terms, three achiever and performer interchangeably throughout this episode. When I was writing it, I tried to make it make sense. So when we talked about more performance aspects, we would call them performer, more achievement aspects, we call them achiever. Sometimes I just mixed it up so we weren't saying the same thing over and over again. Threes are called the performer because of the way that they're able to read a crowd and put on whatever show is needed to motivate or inspire that crowd. They are also known as the achiever because of their strong desire for success and to appear successful. Yeah, and depending on where you look, you will see them called either one of these. So if you look down at the show notes and get the book that we're using, they'll be called one thing there. But then if you go to the website, the Enneagram Institute, they're called another. And then if you go to the Wikipedia page that we linked to, uh, you'll see both of those names because it's Wikipedia. (laughs) Now, back to the, the threes. Unfortunately for unhealthy achievers, their desire for success doesn't stem from a desire for the benefits of success. For some types, it's the reward, the being able to spend the money you get from success and the things you get. That's more of a seven thing. For others, it's the power you get from success. It's probably eight-ish there. But the threes, they're driven by an avoidance of feeling empty or worthless if they're not successful. Without the attention and sense of accomplishment from success, threes feel that they have no value. Ricky Bobby exemplified the three when he said, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, little Talladega Nights reference in there for you. To the unhealthy three, second place is just first loser. Performers have an uncanny ability to quickly assess a social situation and morph themselves into the person or personality needed to win over the crowd. They're kind of shapeshifters who shift their personality to match their environment. Threes are the method actors of life. And this is one of the places that I think Beej excels, or at least he exhibits this trait, because his personality is kind of like a stream of water crossing the rocks. It just shifts around the terrain that's already there. Yeah. And I'm sure he's got a story for that. (laughs) (laughs) I have quite a few. I'll only tell one, though. I I will say this about it. This is, if you go back and listen to the episode last month on the two, this was one of the characteristics of the two-wing three. The host or hostess is their ability to, like, that shape-shifting ability. 
um, not to the effect of the three. Uh, the two still retains a lot of their own personality in that. Um, so this is the story I'm going to tell. I don't know, it was about 12 to 15 years ago. There was something, I don't remember if it's called The Masks We Wear. There's a book basically about masks that came out and masks we wear maybe from the movie The Mask. I don't remember. Anyway, there is like this pop psych thing about masks and it got to be popular within one of my groups of friends. And I just remember sitting around hanging out, like we'd go have dinner and drinking or something. And they'd be like, you know, take off your masks, show you like it's safe space. You can show us your real personality and stuff. And I had to tell them like, guys, this is my real personality. It's not, I'm not putting on a mask or putting on a persona. I'm emphasizing the aspects of myself that match the crowd. For example, I like a lot of different things. If I'm around a bunch of Star Wars nerds who really love playing video games, I'm going to sit and talk about, you know, hey, you know, I just got, you know, the Force Awakens game and it's so much fun and talk about playing that. I'm not going to sit and talk about the Titans game last Sunday or this time of year, the Predators game. I can't say what last it would be because, you know, they're they change up the dates. But, you know, but if I'm at a sports bar with, you know, the guys uh, that I play fantasy football with, I'm not going to sit around. Well, a lot of them are also Star Wars nerds who like video games. But, you know, if I'm at work, I'm not going to sit around talking about that. (laughs) Sorry. I just realized I'm like, oh, well, two different groups, but they're also some overlap. (laughs) Well, you know, how's this? If I'm sitting at a football game, I'm not going to talk to the guy next to me about Star Wars. I'm going to be talking to him about, you know, the stats and the players and coaches and stuff like that. I like, and so I emphasize those aspects of my personality based on who I'm around. A three does not do that. That's a two wing three thing. What a three does is they do put on that mask. They completely immerse themselves in a whole new personality. For example, someone, a three who does not play video games and knows nothing about Star Wars, they will walk into that same group of friends and they will be sitting there complaining about Jar Jar, you know, because they'll they'll grab onto the one thing that they know. They've heard that in pop culture. They know everybody hates him, especially the hardcore fans. And they'll be right there with you knowing nothing, not even like not even know what a lightsaber is. They'll be sitting there talking in depth about whatever they can pull up and they'll do it in such a way that the people around them think that they're experts. Yeah. I, I don't know that like, that's how like amazing this ability is. It is insane. In the book, the, one of the authors talks about how his father is a three and they went to get some work done on their car he saw a group of mechanics and his father was like Connecticut hedge fund type. And he said, by the time they left, those guys, you know, thought that he could host a car show. He knew nothing about cars. (laughs) It's just, that's the way they are. And they'll, what they'll do is they will mimic the people around them. They'll pick up on things and they're not even doing it on purpose. A lot of the time, like it's, it's so natural. It's just how they are. Yeah, although I do admit I have a hard time feeling negative towards somebody that 
hates Jar Jar, even if they don't know anything else about Star Wars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, if they're not careful, a three can kind of become a social chameleon and they'll lose themselves in the roles they play around others to the point of forgetting who they really are. Though every now and then a three will pause long enough that they'll start to feel like a fraud. This actually makes me think of the woman who is supposed to marry Eddie Murphy's character in Coming to America. Yeah. What do you like? Whatever you like. It's that kind of people pleasing, like totally blend into the point that you don't exist mm-hmm. mindset. Um, you know, I just thought of this and I did not put this in the, in the outline as a reference, but uh, there is an episode of Star Trek, the next generation where they had this, this woman who's like these two feudal society worlds where this woman was going to marry someone on the other world and she had like some telepathic abilities like enough to where she could read the man she was around and change herself to be what he wanted in a woman and of course it was one of those things where it was like it was a temporary thing and then she would be like set in that and of course she gets set on captain picard but because of his adventurous nature she's able to go and do the role anyway i don't know you have to watch Star Trek or Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. Star Trek to, to see it. It's been two decades since I've watched that or more. Yeah, it's been a while. I was a kid. Let's just put it that way. That's more than two decades. Hate Don't to remind me. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Number three. Yep. So the thing about threes is they are such overachievers that they don't have just one superpower. They have the adaptation, but they also have almost a superhuman ability to multitask. And this can be really great for when they need to get things done or to achieve a goal, but it can really devalue the individual tasks and make it so that they aren't doing their best on each one, which goes against their, you know, achievement success-driven mindset of do your best at everything. Yeah. Threes can make for really good role models um, because they have a desire to improve themselves. And they also have a desire to kind of show it off, which tends to motivate the people that are around them. However, they can sometimes see people as a means to an end. So they may not show this uh, and they may actually seem like they're actively listening, but If they don't think you're useful, they may be planning their next deal or organizing their to-do list in their head. And I haven't seen this one out of you. No, it's really not me. I, (laughs) Amanda fusses at me for being bad at multitasking because I used to do this. Yeah. And I was really good at making it look like I was paying attention, but like my mind was elsewhere. I was also really good at sleeping with my eyes open. Yeah, I, I was in that Bible class too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it's only bad when you start snoring. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> so the other thing with threes is threes don't experience emotions. They perform them. So a quote from the book is threes do feelings more than they have feelings. Threes also kind of struggle to even recognize their own feelings. 
So without knowing it, they'll observe how others react and express emotions, then mimic that behavior. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger, I used to do this. Like there were certain emotions. It's, it's interesting being a two wing three because I would feel the emotion, but I wouldn't know how to express it sometimes. And so I would watch how other people expressed emotions. And if you do that by watching TV, you become a little overdramatic. <laughs> I can see that one. But efficiency and task completion are the most important things to a three. So if necessary, they can delay or hide their feelings to get a job done. Or if it might tarnish their otherwise perfect altogether appearance, they'll do that. Now, I have seen you do that one. It's almost like you realize that situations are kind of dire and you just buckle down and just barrel in and handle the situation. And then it hits you afterwards. Um, I've seen you do that one quite a few times. Yeah. I'm known within my family as the person to call first when there's a situation or an emergency, because I can just like take the freak out and set it aside deal. And then later when, when the emergency has passed, when there's like downtime, all right, now I'm going to freak out, which really messes with some people who don't understand that because they get upset at you. They're like, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you sad? Why aren't you crying about this? Why aren't you like hurt about this? And it's just like, because we have all these things that need to get done. Let's focus on that. And then like, you know, after all that passes, like a week, two weeks, a month later, then it hits. It's like when our friend Jason passed away. It's exactly what I was thinking. Like I was a pallbearer. I was asked to speak at his funeral. I'm like, you know, I know I did not look to, to the outside world. Like it was affecting me. The people who knew me well, like you and one other friend of ours, you know, knew it was really affecting me, but to most people, they didn't. And it was months later that it really hit me. Like, you know, when everything had calmed down. It was like the next time you were going to go to the movies. Yeah, it was. I think I talked about it on the podcast, too. It was like, yeah, it was like that. And I'll tell you, I mean, that was what, almost four years ago now? Yeah. And I still sometimes like something will happen and come up and I'll be like, I'll go to text him and I'll realize. Yeah. You know, it's just we've been friends since we were five. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I digress. As kids, performers learned that having their own feelings or identity was not acceptable. They felt that their real identity wasn't good enough, so they had to become the best version or the prototype of whatever the important people in their lives, be they parents, teachers, boss, roommate, sibling, thought was successful. Yeah, and they tend to have a bit of a rush to succeed and achieve what they think will make them valuable. And this causes threes to sometimes alienate themselves from themselves. They'll lose themselves in their ambitions and forget what they actually want or feel, which is, this is one I can definitely call you out on med school, for instance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. Cause this is definitely a personality characteristic that has popped you on the noggin more than once. I'll just put it that way. I mean, it can, it can be very useful. Like when I decided I wanted to be a software developer after you guys got me, like told me about that one game 
at Code Combat. It's still out there. I play it every now and then. Uh, but uh, yeah, after you guys told me about that, um, I yeah, I was going through a lot of stuff, and you knew this about me. You oh, knew yeah, you did it on purpose that I would have something to focus on. I mean, you joked that it was because you couldn't afford that much beer, but you know. <laughs> be honest <laughs> that was part of the motivation too uh, <laughs> <laughs> now another thing about the three is that in early childhood the achiever at some point picks up on the terrible message that you are what you do and what happens is this causes them to focus on success as the basis of their identity so who they are is only as good as their last success and it's fading. So they have to get to their next success. Yeah. That actually makes a bit more sense because the way, the way it was worded in the outline, I was like, well, why is that bad? And like, you put it that way, it makes more sense. Whereas I was thinking, okay, but you kind of are what you do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. um, but this is more of a looking for the next bump to your motivation from external sources. Right. Yeah, which is a completely different thing. And the thing with threes is, is that success for them is a matter of context. It's based on the values of the people that they are around. And I think you got an example from the book, right, on that? Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit earlier in a previous point about how the they'll become the prototype for whatever important people in their lives think is successful. That really is, like, it's a context thing. So if their parents and grandparents are lawyers, success is going to Harvard Law. But if their parents are mobsters, success is becoming a mafia don. It's not like, there's not this objective truth of this is what success is. It's very subjective. It's very based on like who they're around and their their influences. Wow. So you're saying that like, if you're a three and you got one parent that, is a lawyer and another one that's in the mafia, you go to Congress. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were going that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so next we're going to talk about the desires and fears of the three. And the basic desire for a three is to feel that they're valuable and worthwhile. They're motivated by a desire to be admired and distinguished from others. They need to be affirmed in their success and impress other people. Um, and this is something I can't relate to, but I can see you relating to it. Yeah. What's interesting is like, I want that interpersonal connection with people in a way that I want them to look up to me and think I'm successful. It's really imp- interesting because I do like to impress people and it goes to that words of affirmation thing. You know, that's a very, very two wing three. I have several friends who are two wing threes and we all know that and we all encourage each other, (laughs) but we also call each other out when we're just being needy. Now, an interesting thing, though, on this is there's a sad restlessness that tends to follow the three. They're always looking for advancements, always striving for success or to be more. Uh, threes don't like downtime. I mean, they, they despise it so much that they need activities and things to accomplish even when they're on vacation. You know, you don't see, yeah, you don't see a three 
going to the beach and just laying there for a week. You know, a three is the one who's like, all right, well, we're going zip lining at 10 and skydiving at two. <laughs> yeah, I could totally call you out on that. Like, you know, for instance, your rehearsal day before your wedding. <laughs> that schedule was yep. packed. I'm like, I don't even know how we're going to do all this, even outside of everything else that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the thing is, I have some of these tendencies too, right? Like, I don't take breaks easily. Yeah, this is not just a three thing. Um, the thing with the three is Amanda does this too, and she's a nine. But the thing with the three is it's typically competitive activities. And it's like they've got a, a task list or a to-do list on their vacation that they like to be a successful vacation. They have to hit all these things. Yeah. Whereas mine's a different motivation. I guess. And Mm -hmm. that's probably kind of where it comes from. The root of fear in a three is that of being worthless. Uh, They perceive themselves as empty and without value. So they gain value by succeeding in areas that the people around them value. Then we've kind of hit on that pretty hard already. The thing is achievers have to face the fact that they have spent their lives being what they think others want them to be. And that's a hard reality to face. You know, especially when you've maybe not been the most healthy three. And so you're starting to come into health, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, they have no idea who they really are. And a lot of times they fear that there's no one behind the performance. There's no one wearing the mask. It's just an empty automaton. So I guess now is a good time to maybe talk a little bit about examples of healthy average and unhealthy threes and how those kind of come out. Healthy threes are self-accepting, having learned and accepted who they really are behind their performance. They've moved beyond being known by their accomplishments and they tend to be aware of their own emotions and how they relate to others, which is, I think this kind of fits where you are now uh, to a large extent. Yeah. I have a few of these, like I said, that wing it's if you think about the numbers on a circle like uh, a clock face the two wing three it's still pointing mostly to the two but a little bit it's moved a little bit towards the three so i've got some of the three aspects so yeah the thing is uh secure performers know how to use their high energy level to not only improve at work but to improve themselves Uh, When they find value within themselves, they become very kind and benevolent and can even focus on a common good, not just on the appearance of success in themselves. The average achiever is very concerned with performance and pushes themselves to be an overachiever. They are constantly comparing themselves to others, trying to climb social and career ladders. They become obsessed with being the best at whatever they are doing. And I would say this was you more like three or four years ago. Yeah, I was going to say this is I went through a lot of those, uh, especially the the pushing myself, the overachiever. And there are times like there are times where my three wing is very, very useful. The problem was the mediocre three sees love as something that needs to be earned. They're terrified of failure. Their self-worth depends on their ability to overwork and push themselves harder than others. They're concerned that 
underachieving will cause others to think less of them. And that's that's the problem with that kind of average. Like, it's okay to occasionally overachieve, to occasionally push yourself. The occasional death march that lasts a week or two is can be productive and useful. Living a death march because you push yourself that hard is draining. Yeah, and, and that gets to the next one, which is the unhealthy three is unable to admit mistakes or accept any form of failure. And this gives them a superiority complex to the point of deceiving themselves into thinking they're better. I haven't really seen this one out of you, although I, I suppose you probably have occasionally bumped on the edge of that, but I don't, I would say that I haven't seen this one. I've seen like the pathological two on occasion, but not the three. Yeah. When, and that's the thing with the wings is the unhealthier you get, the more you have of your, your primary number. You don't, right. you don't get as much of the, the wing, I think. At least I don't. That's been my experience. I actually should ask about that. I know some experts on the Enneagram, so I'm going to... That's a good question. I'll ask them and let you guys know in the next episode we do. Or in the aftercast, because we're going to record that tomorrow. So, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll find that out and let you guys know in the aftercast, too. So you can hear it uh, a month early. There you go. <laughs> so, deceit is the deadly sin of the performer. Uh, while it may seem that they deceive others when taking on a persona to impress a crowd, the three's real deception is to themselves. Performers lose touch with who they really are and either believe their own persona and lies or forget what they're really like and can be confused when trying to remember themselves. Threes believe that they have to constantly cultivate an image of success in order to win the approval of others and to be worthy of love. If not careful, this can go so far that the three will not be able to discern between the image they create and the person creating it. Um, I haven't seen this out of you, but I can think of one or two other prominent tech people that I have definitely seen this out of where you'll have conversations with them, you know, face to face, just talking and then they got to put a mask on because somebody else is walking up. Oh yeah. Whereas we'll, you and I just we'll, kind of redneck it out. <laughs> you know, like we're we'll exactly talk a little bit like. more about that. Um, when we get to the, the interactions, but yeah, that, that happens. And like threes don't like their social circles mixed because, you know, they wear different, not just different personas, but different clothes, different styles around different groups of people. That's something I've done. But like I said, we'll get more into that in just a little bit. Um, along the lines of the deadly sin, achievers have trouble doing any sort of transformational or growth because they aren't able to see themselves for who they are. So they don't have an, the ability to see their starting point. Uh, if you remember, we talked about twos having trouble with this because they didn't want to see any negative. Threes don't even see themselves. They don't know where they are at all. And workaholism is also a risk for the three. They may overstress their body, work to exhaustion, or go on intense starvation diets to meet a perceived image. They're at risk for overindulging in coffee or energy drinks. Stimulants such as cocaine, amphetamines, or even steroids are their drug of choice. Yeah. Anything that's going to give them the sense that they are being more productive. I believe you had uh, a former boss who was like that. Yeah, I did. 
it it was weird because he would he would come in in the mornings and just be dragging around like the rest of us and he'd go to the bathroom for 15 minutes and come out rubbing his nose and you know he was all chipper and ready to go and yeah it was totally the south american marching powder that was making that happen for him so now we're going to move on to the section we call wings and things or wings and arrows threes with a two wing three wing two are known as the charmer. So this would be like the kind of the reverse of what I am. I'm a two wing three. So you're saying you're a reverse charmer. I am the host with the most. (laughs) Just want to be clear. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Twos being the helper, the charmer, the three wing two is more charming and intimate than the other threes. They are successful when they help others succeed. They also have a strong desire to be recognized for their ability to help others. So this is stuff like excelling in sales. You know, they tend to make great entertainers, politicians, and pastors. They want to kind of be the star of the show. Yeah. The three wing two is more loving and generous than the other threes. Uh, Their true selves contain the traits they use to appear loving and kind. So it's like, that two aspect is like the genuine loving, kind giver helper. And when the two wing three puts on the persona of that loving, kind person, they're actually pulling from part of who they really are. Unfortunately, if they don't feel appreciated for their effort to help others, they become angry, resentful, and even hostile. You and I both can think of a few people that are like that. Yeah. What's interesting about the three wing two, and I think this is the same for the others, but I've noticed it most in this particular type is there is actually a gender difference. Yeah. My, my male three wing two friends and I have some close ones. I, we get along great, but I have some female three wing two friends and I'm like, like that personality style. I'm like, I am like, it's a struggle for me to be friends with you. What's hilarious is that Amanda really likes being friends with female three wing twos. And so like, she's really close with them. I'm like, I'm being friends with you because I want to grow as a person. And like our personalities conflict. It's weird how that happens. But the three wing four, which we're about to talk about is the exact opposite. Like I have one friend, she's a three wing two and her sister is a three wing four. And Amanda's very close with both of them. But I get along better with the three wing four sister when we all hang out. Just because like our personalities don't clash the way that they do with the three wing two. It's funny because like, like I said, I have many three wing two friend, male friends don't ever clash with them. It's just, it's, it's weird. Like the, the difference in, in personality and how they're, they come out in the different genders. So speaking of threes with a four wing, uh, these are known as the professional uh, threes with a four wing feel an internal contradiction because the three will do anything to appear successful. Whereas the four is highly concerned with authenticity. Yeah. The primary part of their personality is put on any persona, do whatever it takes to be successful. Whereas their wing, the four is like, like, no, be true to your true self. And the three is like, I don't even know who my true self is. Like how am I supposed to be true to it? So the professional faces a massive amount of inner confusion Uh, Because of this, Uh, the three side is ever changing to accommodate the landscape, whereas the four is internally calling the three a fraud 
makes sense. So like a three wing four doesn't desire to be the star like a three wing two. Uh, however, they could face more of a superiority complex in that they tend to be more pretentious than the other threes. Yeah. The professional works more intently to create that perfect image for a given situation. They're artistic and actually more emotionally intense than the other threes. They may not understand the emotions. They may be just mimicking, but it is more of an intense mimicry. So I guess now it's a good time to discuss the direction of integration or growth for threes and how that points to the sixes. Yes. When moving from unhealthy vanity and self-deception toward commitment and cooperation, threes take on the positive aspects of the six or the loyalist. Threes moving towards six find that they are less competitive and defensive. They don't need to be in control or the center of attention. Uh, Instead, they focus on what's best for the group. Yeah. So as we, we talked about before with healthy threes, they do tend to be more like group oriented. What's best for the group, not what's best for me or what makes me look good. Healthy performers find that they are in touch with their own feelings and can even understand the feelings of others. They desire to connect to something that is bigger than them rather than trying to be the bigger thing. Achievers taking on the traits of the healthy six have more time and energy to devote to family and friends. They're able to accept being loved for who they are instead of what they do. Right. Now, on the other side of that is the direction of disintegration or stress. And for a three, that points to the nine. Under stress, the three takes on the unhealthy aspects of the nine or the peacemaker. They become disengaged and apathetic. Achievers under stress can lose themselves in unproductive, busy work. I have seen you do that. They may even stop working altogether and just veg out, binge watching TV. Also seen that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you you ate like most of my ice cream too. It's it's been 20 years, man. Still bothers me. (laughs) Mint chocolate chip. Come on. (laughs) I don't even remember that, man. I I really don't. (laughs) The ever-present optimism and confidence of the three dissipates to be replaced with self-doubt. Like, the unhealthy three is no longer large and in charge. They're scared of being found out for a fraud. Yeah, it's interesting how the negatives always seem like they play towards some degree of imposter syndrome. Yeah. But the motivation behind the imposter syndrome is different. Exactly. Speaking of motivation, without motivation, the stressed out performer doesn't care about their appearance to the point that they no longer go to the gym or even attempt to eat healthy. The person who was on the strict starvation diet to get a certain image now just doesn't care anymore. They're not even eating healthy at all. I can think of a few that that fits. So speaking of things fitting, uh, probably need to discuss the interaction with others. Interactions with threes can be interesting at times. Um, 
When you interact with a three, remember that they are motivated by admiration, not just a kind word like the two, but specifically acknowledging their accomplishments. Yeah. So this isn't words of affirmation that are, are kind. <laughs> when I pulled out my book, I found a note that Amanda wrote me a while back. It was just really sweet little note in the back of the book, but that wouldn't really motivate a three, but telling a three, like saying, Hey, good job on that. Or thanks for working hard. Might give them a little bit saying, Hey, you did like better than anyone I've ever seen on that. That's amazing. Like, I don't know how you did that. That motivates a three. Yeah. Or going up to them and going, Hey, since you're really good at this and I've seen you do X, Y, and Z, can you help me with this other thing? Oh yeah. That is for help. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> as soon as I detect one of these people, like it's, it's like, you know, the template now they tend to be very task oriented, even when they're interacting with other people, uh, they'll have a goal for conversations and they may get frustrated with irrelevant small talk. Yeah. I know I talked about one of my friends who is a two wing three and she is like that. She cannot stand small talk. And I have told her that, I'm like, yeah, I don't like small talk when it's just small talk, but if it's got a purpose, if small talk is leading to a deeper conversation, then it can be really useful and you want to become good at it. And it was so funny just like watching her eyes light up. Like she's like, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> the performer also likes to be the center of attention in social situations. Even if it isn't their celebration, they will become the life of the party. Now, this is interesting because, like I said, I'm a wing three, not a three. But uh, a friend of ours once told me, he's like, you're interesting because you can walk through a crowd, like a crowded room, and no one would even see you. But then you flip a switch, maybe the right time, maybe not. But he's like, you just decide, I want to be seen, and everyone in the room notices you. Yeah, I've seen you pull that one. Um, once or twice, twice when it wasn't overly helpful, <laughs> You're like, Hey, maybe you ought to blend in a little bit, <laughs> you, know, you know, like maybe you don't want to be remembered here. Um, yeah, I, it's definitely an interesting personality characteristic. Uh, the other thing that's fun is when threes interact with each other, they may start to vie for attention at not wanting to give the other person a chance to talk. So, yeah, I have seen this a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've done uh, this a few times. Yeah, I noticed your eye movements just then. You've yeah. seen it more than once. <laughs> just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, when I look in the mirror sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, working with threes. Threes are the ultimate go-getter as they're in their element when they're at work. You know, they need achievement and recognition. While threes crave success, the success they crave is defined by the people they're around. Not all threes are CEOs or rock stars. In fact, I would say that that's not even the best place for them, honestly. Yeah. We talked about that earlier where it's like, you know, a three who is grows up in a family of lawyers, success for them is Harvard Law. But, you know, a three who grows up around factory workers and mechanics owning their own repair shop is the absolute success. Yeah. See how I I didn't go negative on that one. I did good. Yeah. 
<laughs> be like, basically, you want to be the mob boss, not the mob. Um, <laughs> when healthy Thanks. threes are, <laughs> yeah, when they're healthy, they are visionary leaders whose drive and determination to build something inspires the people that are working around them. Uh, however, less healthy achievers will do whatever it takes to appear successful, including tearing down their own team. Yeah. You and I can think of several examples of that. Yes, not of me. Thankfully, my no. two kicks in before that happens. <laughs> and I go I go to an unhealthy two. I just get really yeah. whiny and needy. We know. I probably shouldn't talk about that on the hair, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Setting a goal mastering it, then setting another goal, mastering it, then setting another goal, so on and so on, is the ultimate life for an achiever. The thing is, they can become so goal-oriented that they set aside their own feelings, their own life, their own relationships to focus on a task and then become burned out. Yeah. Now, friendships with threes are also another interesting uh, situation. Performers prefer friendships that are undemanding. Their focus is on getting things done so they avoid high-maintenance friendships with people who are too demanding of their time and energy. Yeah, maybe why, you know, threes and me don't always get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you said it. <laughs> Just for the record, for everybody that was not me that said that. Um, <laughs> because threes naturally adapt to the crowd – they find they have a lot of acquaintances, people who like being around them, but maybe aren't friends or even close friends. Of those they consider friends, the performer will keep their groups separate. They change who they are, even at the appearance level, to adapt to each group. I've seen Beach do this more than once. So today, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do that. I, I do that. Uh, but. I have fun with it because I am not a three. I'm a two wing three. And when I'm healthy, I go to a four. So next month you'll hear more about the fours and you'll understand this, but uh, I'll adapt to the group. But when I was in high school, I, I had many groups of friends, but I would always dress the wrong way because it was fun to hang out with my preppy friends dressed like a skater, you know, yeah. big baggy jeans and, so, uh, and then it was fun to hang out with my skater friends dressed like a goth or my goth friends. Okay. I never dressed preppy. I just dressed like in t-shirt and jeans. I, say, I can't picture that, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when you, when you do parties, like I never know who's going to be there. Uh, <laughs> like, like generally speaking, you just like, you walk in the door and you're like, all right, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just I have so, to deal with whatever shows up. That's that's the thing about me that's very different from a three is, yes, I have vastly different groups of friends, but I am a little bit twisted and I like mixing those groups to see what happens. That's how a friend of ours got the nickname Cup Boy, because, you know, he's on the more nerdy side of things. And I, I had a party with where I invited some of my football friends, my, you know, <laughs> one of the guys there used to uh, be your uh, bug killer, exterminator. Like, oh, yeah. The word for it. Yeah. Um, you were at that party, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this friend comes in, he's all bragging about he had just gotten hot cup massage for the first time. 
And so yeah. he's, he's all bragging about it to him. And I'm like, don't, don't do that, dude. This is not the crowd to do that in. And so then he like decides to show them and pulls up his shirt to show like the marks the on marks. his back. I'm like, Oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it was interesting. He did not like the nickname cup boy that they gave him. Yeah. Well, at all, you know, you do what you can. <laughs> um, speaking of hurt feelings, when hurt, a three's defense strategy is identification. They will totally engross themselves in their work or goal for going any type of interpersonal interaction. I don't know that I've seen this out of you very much. No, my two takes over at that point. We both have that tendency on a rare occasion if we're just really burned, but yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. Um, but so, I can think of some people that I would think are threes that totally fit that one. Yeah. The last thing we're going to talk about, speaking of interpersonal interactions, is relationships with a three. So threes have the hardest time in relationships because they are the least in touch with their own emotions. This is one area they need the most work on, but they barely see it. Performers put their effort into presenting the image of the perfect family, the perfect relationship, the perfect partner. And for unhealthy threes, the image of perfection can become more important than the actual relationship. Honestly, sometimes I think this is why I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve a lot um, as a two is because my dad, I, I don't know if he was a three wing two, two wing three. He kind of tests both sometimes. He's kind of really close to that middle line there. But being a preacher, he's probably more of a three than a two. But uh, yeah, and my mom being a one, completely oblivious to like things that like, oh, hey, maybe Sunday morning right before church isn't the time to fuss at someone for like, you know, hey, why didn't you get your homework done yesterday? Now you got to do it this afternoon. It's like. Okay, fussing at me about it doesn't help, but it puts a little kid in a bad mood. But then you have to put on a happy face for church that you're going to. And it's just like, I got so sick of the fakeness of it that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be who I am uh, as a kid. And that caused a lot of strife in my life. Hey, that rhymed. But yeah, your poet don't know it. Well, I knew it. You keep working on it, you'll be like the other birds. Oh, thanks. It's a true honor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the, the other thing is threes have a ability to multitask, which serves them well, but it can leave the people in their lives feeling less important than their ambitions. So for a three, doing the taxes and planning out tomorrow's day is perfectly acceptable while their partner is having a serious conversation. The partner, though, it can seem like they're not worth the threes full attention. Mm -hmm. And this is something that threes really have to actively work against is especially depending on their partner's type. You know, if their partner is another matter of fact kind of type, then it may not be as much of a problem. But if their partner's love language is quality time, that can be an issue for a three. Right. When success is defined as a happy relationship, they can take on the role of the devoted partner to achieve that success. The same with parenting. They'll become the best parent when that is their definition of success. So guys, to close everything out, 
I have another quote from the book. Being a three living in the United States of America is like being an alcoholic living in a saloon. The information that we've talked about in this episode is to help you understand yourself or those around you. Thing is, there's a line between a personality type and a stereotype. If you're not careful, you can see all threes as the success-crazed, ruthless, image-obsessed business person who claws their way to success on the backs of those they left behind. This is a cliche, but it's not without some truth. Our culture is obsessed with success and image, not just here in the United States of America. This culture glorifies the average to unhealthy three. Achievers who are moving toward a healthy balance really are truly impressive because they are swimming against the cultural current. For those of us around threes, be it at work, friendships, or relationships, the best thing we can do is express to them that they are accepted and loved just for who they are while still calling them out when they get too task-driven and success-obsessed. That pretty much wraps it up before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, this is going to sound weird, but it does fit with the topic, and that is to use the right hardware for the job that you're trying to do. And we do this in tech all the time, right? Like your video card can do certain operations better than your processor. You can do things in memory faster than you can do them on disk, but disk has more storage. So if it's, you know how you make those calculations, you go, hey, this thing is better for this task than this other thing. Take that into your personal life and you'll find that that seems to still apply. So for instance, the whole Enneagram thing, the reason this is a useful heuristic is because you're actually using a different set of mental hardware to understand this thing. So it's not about understanding the text. It's about understanding geospatial relations between the different points. That's why it's laid out the way it is. It makes it easier to remember. It makes it easier to reason about the pieces because you're using older mental hardware that helps you hunt buffalo on the plains versus using the newer mental hardware that's like, oh, let me write this paragraph. You'll find that if you are getting stuck on something, trying to figure out some way to shift your perspective into that older hardware that works better, that is evolutionarily adapted to what you're trying to do, will also work better. So just try to look at some of the things that you're dealing with in your life and realize that there's probably a way to do that. That's why this works. And that's pretty much all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.